0: You are now listening to Grinding True Crimes with your hosts, Todd Fox, Maddie Matt, and Gabby.
1: Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today.
2: Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The
1: building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A
2: large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had
1: sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. She had a
3: corpse under her bed. She had a fun bed. Hey, hey, hey. Into another episode of the grinding true crime podcast with your host maddie matt along with our narrator for today there we go and the uh, the host of the show Todd fox just wanted to do something different uh, <laughs> 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 well thank you guys for tuning into the grinding true crime podcast uh, first off, before we get into it, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in the Grinding True Crimes, and there you can follow our page, like our page, leave us a comment, and we'll get back to you. Um, if you want to just listen to us on your podcast streams, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us outside of the country, which we got a lot of fans that do, we thank you. Uh, continue to listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cash. Go to Redbubble Top Top. Go to Redbubble.com, type in Todd Fox80 uh, to purchase merchandise courtesy of the Grinding True Crimes. Also, uh, we have a Cash App account to uh, help with donations to better our studio. So if you would like to leave a donation, you can go to uh, Cash App, type in Dollar Sign Grinding True Crimes. And last but not least, listeners discretion is advised because we do get into details that might be a little gruesome and graphic for for uh listeners who might be sensitive to those things, so listeners discretion is advised.
0: Oh, one other thing about the uh Sunday's broadcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mhm.
3: Take it away, Tom.
0: Oh, okay. Sunday on Podbean only. It's a Podbean exclusive. Uh, if you haven't signed up already, um, if you're listening on another, uh, you know, another form of media, uh, I would suggest get over to um, podbean.com. We're going to discuss two unsolved mysteries or unsolved cases, I should say, that uh, are in the media of two big cases from over here and from overseas and we're going to discuss that between me, Gabby, and Matt. And then we're also, it's going to be an armchair detective show because we're going to give our um, our opinions on everything. We're going to take yours, too. So if you participate in the live episode, it's 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time in the U.S. over here on Sunday, this Sunday, the 22nd. We will be live doing a show only on podbean.com. It is completely free. All you got to do is subscribe.
3: Thank you, Todd. And by the way, if you go to our uh Facebook page you can follow the link there. I believe Todd posted the link for Podbean. if you go to our Facebook page, you can follow the link and just just access uh through there correct <sighs> thank you, Todd <laughs> Now that we got all that introduction out of the way, we're gonna let Gabby Gav give her story for today. It's been a while Gabby Gav, yeah, but she's got an interesting story. She didn't tell me what it is. I don't know, but she said it's a it's a doozy, so uh. Gabby Gab, take it away.
2: Well, hello, everybody. It's taken me long enough. <laughs> um, Okay, my story today is from the United Kingdom, because you know I'm in love with United Kingdom.
3: We got a lot of fans from the UK.
2: And we decided to go with a female for today, but you guys are not going to be expecting this. This is not going to be your typical murder case that you normally hear you guys normally hear cases of people who are grown what are you thinking this one is um
3: well let me see i'm gonna say she's a teenager
0: i agree
2: teenager okay well you guys will find out in a minute
0: (laughs) (laughs) is that a twist (laughs) opening twist
2: opening twist So we are going to talk about Mary Bell today. Okay. Okay. And let me give you some information on her childhood, on her early life. Uh, Mary Bell was born to her mother, Elizabeth Betty Bell. She was a well-known local prostitute. And she was always absent from the family home. She always traveled to work. And she always left her children in the care of their dad when their dad was present. So, as you can see, she was very neglectful. And you guys already know, the typical childhood, you know, of kids that do horrible things as they grow. Mm -hmm. She was a second child born, and her mother was only 17 years old when she had her. So, you could say she was a child herself. Here we go. Uh, The identity of her dad was never known. She never knew who her father was. And most of her life, it was believed to be William Billy Bell, but he was a violent alcoholic and a criminal with an arrest record,
1: hmm. including
2: armed robbery. But however, she was a baby when William had married her mother, but they don't know if that is actually her biological father. Hmm. Interesting. So already she has parents with not a very good example.
0: So with a mom being a prostitute, it could be anybody. Really yep. could. Pretty much. <clears throat> wow.
2: So Mary, unfortunately, was one of those unwanted and neglected children. According to one of her aunts, um, within minutes of her being born, her mother resented the hospital staff, and she was already attempting to place the baby in their arms, shouting, "Take this thing away from me!" Whoa. So she was not reacting very good to having her. Ooh. So as a baby and a toddler and a young child, she frequently suffered injuries in household accidents or so-called accidents when she was alone with her mom. So people believe, you know, she was deliberately negligent. Or she was probably intentionally attempting to harm her or kill her. The mother. The mother.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh.
2: So on one occasion, in around 1960, Betty dropped Mary from the first floor window. On another occasion, she plied her daughter with sleeping pills.
3: Are you serious?
2: Yeah. Wow. And she, according to the story, she also once sold her to a mentally unstable woman who was unable to have kids of her own. Sold her? Sold her, Mm mm-hmm. Wow. To kind of a crazy lady. So that resulted in her older sister, Catherine... To have to travel all the way from Newcastle to reclaim Mary from that individual and return the child back home to her mom. Mm.
0: She probably traded a cat for the baby.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I was jacked up if she did. Another <laughs> crazy cat lady. You know, She's like, "Oh yes,
2: <laughs> like here's your baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't need this thing anymore. It doesn't purr, man."
2: So apparently throughout Betty's life as a kid, um, many of the family members wanted to take custody of Mary. So they offered to take care of her and take her in. Mm-hmm. But apparently her mom was a dominatrix.
0: Oh, what?
2: So she didn't allow it. And eventually she started allowing and encouraging her clients to abuse Mary. Oh, come <laughs> on. Yeah. And sadomasochistic sessions by the mid-1960s.
0: So she's making her lifestyle part of the child's or the child's part. Ugh, I, I, yeah. That's disgusting. That's so. Disgusting.
2: I think to me, you know, this all sounded like the mom just has this, um, like, resentment towards the child. I mean, come on. What parent, if you couldn't take care of your kid, but you cared about your kid, you would have accepted a family member looking after her, right? Knowing that you're never present. I yeah. agree. But in her case, she denied that she did not want anybody taking her, and she decided to put her through all this.
0: This wow. is not going to. This is not going to end good. Nope.
2: You already know that.
0: I could, I could uh, feel it. I can feel it too. This doesn't end so, up with our uh, with our child going to Disneyland. I I could, I could feel that as well. Absolutely tied, not! No, don't do do
2: <laughs> She's going somewhere, but She's not going Disneyland. going
3: somewhere, but not Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh.
2: So obviously, you know, this had an effect in in Mary's temperament. So both home and at school, she started showing signs of being disturbed and unpredictable, Mm -hmm. including sudden mood swings and chronic bedwetting. She was also known to frequently fight with other kids, boys and girls, Mm -hmm. and attempt to strangle and suffocate her classmates or playmates on different occasions.
1: Yeah,
3: this this ain't going well at all. Yeah,
2: this is only a little girl. Elementary, huh? Yep. Jesus so on one occasion that they took down she attempted to block the trachea of a young girl with sand oh. whoa and her violent behavior just made a lot of kids reluctant to want to socialize with her so they would kind of like just stay away from her
0: oh well, yeah whoa. I went too <laughs> yeah man she, she's on the path bro
2: yeah <laughs> she's the like only- a female
0: Chucky right now. Dude.
2: Yeah, you know what? That's what it reminded me of. That's I what, felt like, wow.
0: That's what I'm picturing right now. I'm like, she must be redheaded. <laughs> you know what, Todd? Don't be so different from redheads, man.
2: <laughs> Does she have freckles too, Todd?
0: Hey.
2: It, and overalls? Sounds you know, like you
0: know. it. Sounds like it right now. With Could a stripping been. shirt underneath. <laughs> Dang, man.
2: Yes, so the only child she would spend her free time with was named Norma Joyce Bell. They have the same last name, but they are not related.
1: Sure. That's
0: weird.
2: Okay. <clears throat> so this 13 year old um okay, so it was just they're not sorry, I kinda skipped something. They were not related. So the other girl is thirteen years old, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mary is at this point, what, ten, probably ten years old. But according to one classmate, by 1968, she and her peers were already accustomed to the changes that Mary suddenly went into. Like, her behavior just drastically changed out of nowhere.
3: For the worse or for the good?
2: For the worse. Like, out of nowhere, her behavior just changed. She, beha- um, she started um, showing distressful mannerisms, mm. like shaking her head, forming a steely gaze at people. And they already knew that she was about to become violent. She
3: had a demon.
2: The way they described it was that with the focus of her stare being the individual she was, that she would attack.
3: Ooh. Now, imagine you're in school at that age, elementary or whether, you know, junior high, whatever. Imagine you have a classmate that's acting like that. How would you, as a guy, Todd, me and you, how would you respond if if you had a classmate like that? Would you act of violence too? Or would you be like, hey, man. I'm going to leave him alone.
0: (laughs) I would, uh, if I'm looking at her with my little desk right there and she's starting to, like, twitch or, you know, like, look, do the signs that Gabby was talking about, I'd start moving my desk (laughs) to the other side of the room (laughs) be like, I'm going to stay over here, push, like, one of the nerds in front of me, like, that way, you know, get to him first, (laughs) like, leave me alone. (laughs) Like she yeah, sounds it, like she's it, gonna turn into Carrie any moment, you know. Dude, it
3: sounds like she's gonna twist her head in the whole three sixty like The Exorcist, man.
0: Yeah, like start spewing the uh, vomit everywhere or something. Like
2: that. <clears throat> well, she's kind of like what I guess you would call like a um, oh my gosh, an orphanage. Mm. It's kind of like a school, but it was for kids, you know, whose parents couldn't take care of them, couldn't be present.
3: Kind of like a continuation school, but not really a continuation.
2: Mm. It's like a mix of both.
0: Mm-hmm. That's not. A good I guess point. you
2: could say like daycare, but it was kind of permanent.
0: Gotcha. Permanent so, daycare. So most of those kids had mental issues and probably.
2: Probably a lot of them, you know, they probably all went through abandonment. Dang. So we are going to get started on her initial assaults at only 11 years old. Oh. Mm. So this child is not a teen, as you guys said. She mm. is literally a kid.
3: And it started at 11?
2: It started at 10 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It started
3: at 10, I'm sorry.
2: But this is where they have, like, the... I guess you could say... The criminal a log. record. Yeah. Her record starts.
1: Mm-hmm. So, here.
2: on Saturday, May eleventh, 1968, a three-year-old boy was discovered wandering, dazed, and bleeding. Ooh. In that same vicinity. The child informed police that he had been playing with Mary Bell and Norma Bell atop a disused air raid shelter when one of the girls, and he wasn't sure which one, pushed him seven feet from the roof to the ground. Oh, Oh, crap. That inflicted a severe laceration to his head. Oh. The same evening, the parents of three small girls had contacted the police to complain that both Mary and Norma had attempted to strangle their children as they played in the sandpit. What? These girls are on a roll
0: that's not good how did that boy survive
1: yeah i'm well,
0: surprised how, he didn't is he, die. how is he so articulate at three years old he's probably that's what like, i'm saying
1: like how do he?
2: man that's a know, me off
0: the top of the roof and i fell seven feet and i got this big <laughs> hey, gush down my forehead the some stew-y.
2: kids are i mean our eldest child that child at two was already like whoa are you <laughs> sure you're two <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: pretty crazy yeah. though
2: yeah This girl, my kid has memories of when she was tiny. That's kind of crazy.
3: That is. Some kids are gifted.
2: Yeah. So that evening, uh, both girls were interviewed about the incident. Mm. And they both denied being, you know, a responsible responsibility for that incident. Mm. They claimed that they had discovered the boy bleeding heavily from the head after he had fallen after they questioned the girls about the strangulation of the other three younger girls, they denied any knowledge of that. But Norma admitted that Mary had tried to throttle each of the girls. Oh, wow. And this was her statement. I quote, Mary went to one of the girls and said, what happens if you choke someone? Do they die? Then Mary put both hands around the girl's throat and squeezed. The girl started to go purple. I told Mary to stop, but she wouldn't. Then she put her hands around Pauline's throat and she started going purple as well. Another oh. girl, Susan Cornish, came up and Mary did the same thing to her. Dang. So this was Norma's account of that situation. So the police notified the local authority of all the incidents and Mary's violent nature. But because of her age, what do you guys think happened?
3: Um, I'm going to say they did nothing and just had her return back to school
0: I think the cops said, because uh, remember this is back in the day with, you know, maybe those push pops were around, so mm-hmm. he copied the commercial and was like, hey, don't push her push a push pop that was it <laughs> I like what you did there, Todd <laughs> anyway, <It was> <laughs> <laughs> were we any,
3: were any of us right? no <laughs> oh, I thought I had it
2: Practically. <laughs> yes. It was a push Because of their age, they were given a warning. Um, you guys already know what happens when you give people warnings.
3: Well, when you give somebody a warning, it's a slap on the wrist and they're just going to do it
2: again. But they didn't take any more action besides that.
3: Wow. I mean, I kind of get it. She's a kid. She's in elementary. She's 11. I kind of get it. But... She had several offenses, so I would at least put a watch on her.
0: Uh, I would, yeah, I would definitely not let her play with any other kids.
3: Yeah, and when I mean a watch, not an actual watch, but just have somebody you know, you know, uh, uh, watch her. You know, have somebody in the classroom watching her or something. Yeah, that's what. I mean.
2: So that's what it was called where they lived. Was they would call them derelict houses.
3: The relic house. So
2: when they were doing an urban an urban renewal project, uh, many families, you know, the slums were being demolished and everything, so mm. they didn't really have homes. So that's why they resided in these kinds of buildings. Oh. They were marked for demolition, but in the meantime, as they built, this is where they would live, so that they could expand.
3: Gotcha. Okay,
2: so they were close to a railway. Okay, keep that in mind. Oh. That really was called Tin Lizzie. Tin Lizzie? hmm uh-huh. Tin Lizzie. Alrighty. So now we're going to get into the first incident that unfortunately turned out very sad. Are you serious? So the name is Martin Brown, and the date is May twenty-fifth, nineteen sixty-eight.
3: And you know what we say whatever the date? There's a
0: murder. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: So this wasn't that far off. It was only, what, the first one, that one with the child was May 11th. Now mm-hmm. we're in May 25th of the same year.
3: Oh, dang. A couple of weeks.
2: So she's still, this was a day before her 11th birthday. This is when she turned 11. So I guess she was still 10 when, when they pushed that little boy. Wow. So on May 25th, 1968, Mary Bell strangled a four-year-old named Martin Brown in one of the bedrooms upstairs of that building, that house they were in. Mm-hmm. She committed this crime alone. That's what they believe. His body was discovered by three children around 3.30 p.m. And the description was that he was lying on his back with his arms stretched above his head. What do you guys think she did?
0: Okay. Lying on his back, arms oh, stretched.
3: She grabbed a pillow and just stuffed them down and suffocated him.
0: Uh, I'm thinking she's on top of him, straddling him, like, just pushing his head into the bed, uh, arms around his neck.
2: Well, they when they found him, he was alone. Okay. But he was stretched out like that. They checked him. He had blood and foam around his mouth, but there was no visible sign of violence on him. Oh, wow. So a local workman named John Hall arrived to the scene, and he attempted to do CPR, but... The baby, unfortunately, was already gone. As he attempted CPR, two girls, a 10-year-old Mary and a 13-year-old Norma, they appeared in the doorway. But quickly, they shoot them out, you know, because they were trying to resuscitate the little boy. Mm -hmm. They both knocked on the door of Martin's aunt, okay? The little boy's aunt. Mm -hmm. And informed her... One of your sister's bairns has just had an accident. We think it's Martin, but we can't tell because there's blood all over him.
1: Oh.
2: The two creepy little girls went to inform the aunt, okay? Okay. The following day, they conducted the, um, what do you call it?
0: Investigation?
2: Yeah, but
0: oh, <laughs> I the guess they,
2: yeah, they would call it post-mortem. Yeah, okay. So they checked it out, and they weren't able to find the signs of violence on his body so they couldn't determine what caused his death dang although he said he was able to discount the investigator's theory that the child had died of poisoning so he he didn't die of poisoning with tablets cuz that's what they originally thought okay
3: but there was no sign of laceration or anything
2: there was no sign wow on the body of what had happened so they're going to interview the kids after this okay but That's going to come on later. In between all of that, there was an incident. On Mary's 11th birthday, which the next day, her and Norma broke into a vandalized nursery in Woodland Crescent. Mm. They entered the premises by peeling tiles off of the slate roof. They tore up books, upturned desks, and smeared ink and poster paints all over the property before they escaped. The following day that staff discovered that break-in, they notified the police, and they also discovered four separate notes. Okay. Now, these are going to be, <laughs> I'm going to read them how they are, okay? This is not my words. This is these kids' words.
3: Well, so this probably going to be misspelled. But I
2: want to read them so that you guys know what was going through these kids' mind.
3: Okay. You ready, Todd? I'm ready.
2: So, one of these notes stated, so here it goes, I quote, I murder so in capital letters that I may come back. What? Another one read, We did murder Martin Brown. Fuck off you bastard. <sighs> A third note read fuck off, we murder, watch out Fanny and Faggot. Whoa. And the final note, which was the most complex, read, You are mice. I be cursed, we murdered. Martin, go brown. You beat, look out. I think they meant you better. Yeah. Look out there. Our murder's about by Fanny and old faggot you screwed.
3: Wow. And by the way, we don't condone any, you know, bigotry or anything like that. Just just the words coming from.
0: That's a quote. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes. I'm quoting the exact notes. Yeah.
3: Just want to get that out there.
2: So, what do you guys think police reaction was to these notes?
3: Oh, wait a minute. Are these Get'em Johnson police? Oh <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a big difference. I'm not
2: doing any okay,
3: okay, okay. Um, I'm gonna say. Hey, Todd can do the accent. Todd, what, what you, do you think? think? Go ahead, Todd. You know, what you think
0: they did? I don't know if I want to because I don't want to use Southern over there and I'm I'm not too good with the UK uh you know imitations, but uh Sound like Mr. Darcy. <laughs> well that's that's a very unnecessary thing to say. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean I, <laughs> I mean <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if they're if they're good cops, they would be like that's a hate crime or or someone's admitting to a murder or or something like that and they're thinking they're older kids. If it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if it's southern cops or, you know, like the southern version of UK cops, I don't know how that would sound, but they'd be like they'd be like, "Well, I don't know how this is going to go because <laughs> these kids can't really spell or this is an older version of someone, but you know what?" I like what they did with the paint on this cell. Th- this room needed a little decorating. Like just not even worrying about the crime. Not even worrying about it. Um,
3: I'm going <coughs> to say they took note of it, but they didn't investigate it. They just kind of just swept it under.
2: Okay. You're both right. Not about the art, Todd. <laughs> and the decorating. Okay. <laughs> but they did dismiss it as an incident of tasteless and childish pranks
3: see that's where i have an issue even though it was uh i guess in their words tasteless and childish pranks they admitted to a murder
1: mm-hmm.
3: you got to take you got to take that a little more serious if I somebody hope... said go ahead talk no, no go ahead i'm sorry no, I'm just gonna, if, if someone wrote a letter, whether they're 10 years old or not, and they say something of the line of I murdered for fun, I'm going to keep murdering. I'm just saying I would take an, I would take that serious, whether their handwriting is sloppy or not. I'm going to be like, OK, let's write this down. Let's save this and let's investigate and see who wrote this and let's see if there's some truth to it.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. There's fingerprint evidence at that time in '68, so I would take. They named the actual victim, so it's like I agree with Matt. I'd be like, okay, let's mm-hmm. dust this off for of fingerprints. Obviously, the murder, or this could be the murder. Let's investigate. I mean It's mm-hmm. obvious, police one-on-one, right? Yep.
2: Yeah, I mean the name was there, and you just had somebody killed.
0: Yep. And it's a child at that. You should put that priority.
2: Yep. Well, that's not what they did. Oh,
3: so I take it these are UK Johnstons. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> yeah, instead of like, you know, Cletus, it's like Reginald. <laughs> we don't need to investigate. Oh, man.
2: So two days later, these little girls do something that I'm sure left like a horrible feeling in the mother of this little boy. Two days later, on May 29, shortly before the funeral of the little boy, Martin Brown, the girls were playing a game of chicken. Both girls called upon the house of the mother. Her name was June, and they asked her to see her son. Oh, Oh.
1: that's cold.
2: When she replied that they couldn't see her son because he was deceased, Mary replied, I quote again, Oh, I know he's dead. I want to see him in his coffin." Come on! What is going
3: on? I, and I get it; they went through
2: trauma, but come on, son,
3: man, that's harsh, huh? That's jacked
2: up. Mm. Poor mother; she's still grieving, about to get ready to bury her. And children. it's none
3: like, and it's not like she can go out there and strangle them because they're kids. But it's like, come on, you know? Yeah, Dang. that's tough.
2: That's terrible. So that was the first victim. We Uh-oh. have a new name. Ah uh, no, Brian Howie. I don't know if it's spelled Howie or Howe, but H-O-W-E. Yeah, How, but H O W E.
0: Yeah, How. That's
2: How. How?
0: Yeah, yeah that's okay. How over there. Yeah.
2: Okay, so his name's Brian Howe.
0: That's how you say it.
2: <laughs> no. I like no. it. <laughs> so this one moved up from May. This is only two months later, July thirty first, nineteen sixty eight. Hmm. A three-year-old, another three-year-old, named Brian Howe, was last seen by his parents on the street outside his house playing with his siblings, the family dog and Mary and Norma. When he didn't return home, they started getting concerned. You know, they are worried. They're searching the streets, asking neighbors. No success. At this point, it's already 11.10 p.m. And a search party discovered his body between two large concrete blocks on Tin Lissy.
3: Tin Lissy, that's the railroad. The
2: railroad. So the first policeman arrived, and he observed that a deliberate but feeble attempt had been made to hide his body, to conceal it. He was covered with clumps of grass and weeds. Mm. Cyanosis was evident upon the child's lips. Mm. Do you guys know what that means? Cyanose. For anybody that doesn't know, yeah, cyanosis is a change of body tissue. It turns purple.
0: Oh, okay. okay.
2: So it's like when you don't get oxygen to the body. Mm-hmm. So his lips were already purple. He had several bruises and scratches on his neck. And a pair of broken scissors was close to his feet.
3: Yeah. Well, he probably strangled them then.
2: So the coroner concluded that Brian had died of strangulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had been deceased for up to seven and a half hours before they found him. Gosh!
0: So he suffered.
2: Yeah. Oh, he did.
0: So, so again, if I'm getting this right, Gabby, these are like the slums, basically. Yeah. So a lot of these parents have multiple kids, and three-year-olds are not in, uncommon to be outside the house by themselves. No.
2: Yeah, it's full of children. Because wow. right here, there's a picture of Mary Bell. Um, they were protesting. About the hazardous conditions of the derelict houses, Oof. so it was infested with people because they were waiting for them to. It's like you know you're poor and they're trying to build and make bigger buildings, like and... the projects. Yeah, I guess you can describe it like that.
0: You got rat-infested, rotting wood, mm-hmm. um, poor ventilation, sewage issues, kids all out, you yeah. know, in the hours of day and night.
2: And That's, because you live so close to everybody, you know, all those families know each other. So yeah. nobody thinks something's going to happen to your child. That makes
0: sense. That makes sense. I know it's like one of the parents who's like, oh, where's our kid at? I don't know. I'm sure one of the other parents is watching cares? Okay. <laughs> let's, watch, <laughs> let's watch the soccer game.
3: And, and then two of them in the 60s. So that makes yeah. sense. I don't know how it how it was in the 60s in the UK, but if it was anything like, well, we weren't born yet, but, you know, our parents were. And they used to tell us all the time they were outside playing and yeah. stuff, so... If, if it was anything like that over here, I'm quite sure in UK it might have been the same way.
2: Yeah, I think so.
3: Mm-hmm. For my UK fans, let us know how was it in the 60s. <laughs> it was
0: no not, it was not a jolly good show where they were at. I know, I know that <laughs> probably. Man, so
2: Dang, that sucks. the coroner noticed that the killer had evidently squeezed Brian's nostrils closed with oh, one I'm hand. Totally as he or she had gripped the throat with the other. Ooh. He had numerous puncture wounds inflicted in his legs before Aww. death. So these were not after, they were before. So he was still alive with all this.
0: So Sections someone...
2: of his hair. Sorry, what?
0: I was going to say, so someone's choking and someone's stabbing at the same time. I agree. Yeah, it had to be.
2: It's gonna get interesting people. though. You guys are gonna find something that I
3: Is it a twist?
2: A twist to me is well I'll just wait. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not get ahead. <laughs> Sections of his hair had been cut from his head. Mm-hmm. His genitals had been partially see, mutilated. See, oh. see,
3: see now we can now we got a problem.
2: And, and a crude attempt had been made to carve the initial M into his stomach.
1: Dude. Oh, my goodness. See,
3: I'd rather you strangle me than cutting off my genitals. Come on now. Now you're going a little too far with that.
2: This is harsh for a three-year-old. This is horrible. Good God.
3: And he was alive?
2: He was alive. So the coroner concluded that this murder was caused by another child. The coroner was smarter than the policeman.
3: I wonder how. And that's he because
2: knew. he said there was relatively small amount of force used to murder him.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah. So he
2: knew he was not a grown adult. Numerous gray and maroon fibers were discovered on his clothing and his shoes, and these fibers did not originate from anything within his household. So this, they knew, that had been transferred by the murder or murderers.
3: Smart thinking on them.
2: So the investigation starts and they went into a large-scale manhood. Over 100 detectives from across Northumberland were assigned to this investigation.
1: Wow. Wow. And more than
2: 1,200 children have been questioned in regard to their whereabouts on that day by August 2nd.
3: I'm impressed.
2: So within two days, they were in action two days already.
3: Well, you know, it's a child involved, so that probably might have made it more.
2: Yes, yeah, Sally Silver is the first one this and is, the second one.
0: Yeah. The this one that survived. This is definitely not Arizona police. Oh no. Nah, no. No way.
2: So detectives questioned two children on August 1st. Mm-hmm. Obviously you already know who they are.
1: Mm-hmm. Mary
2: and Norma. Witnesses had already informed them that they had seen them playing with Brian shortly before they believe he died. Mm. So in the initial interview Norma seemed excitable, but Mary was more observant and taciturn. Mm.
3: I know that word from
2: <laughs> from the Pride movie and Je- Pride and Prejudice. Don't <laughs> judge me,
3: Todd. <Kyle.
0: laughs> yeah, you've only watched it ninety-eight times. Hey, man, don't 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 do that. <laughs> hey, while well, you know what that word is, I'm I'm pretending to know. I'm like, oh really? <laughs> yeah, I yeah I I would have had the same man mindset. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm.
2: I guess it's kind of like. Like serious, arrogant, I guess you could say.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I, was, I was thinking that. No, <laughs> not really.
2: <laughs> I guess this more like serious and antisocial, let's say.
0: Okay, that makes sense for her, at least from what we know about her. Observer yes. on communicative in speech.
2: There you go. So to herself.
0: Yeah.
2: Although both girls were kind of evasive, they were contradicting their statements already. They admitting admitting they Mm -hmm. admitted to having played with brian on that date but they denied seeing him after lunchtime so the following day they questioned them more and mary stated that she remembered seeing an eight-year-old local boy with brian on that afternoon and that she had seen him hitting that child then she stated that she also remembered the boy was covered in grass and weeds as if he had been rolling in a field
1: Mm-mm. and see if you
2: guys think about this okay. and that he had in his possession a small pair of scissors <laughs> so this is what Mary said okay this is quote her comment Okay, I saw him trying to cut a cat's tail off with the scissors but there was something wrong with them one leg was broken or bent now what do you guys think the detectives got out of this comment
3: well it seems like these are going to be smart detective. So I'm going to guess he got out of she did it.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I got to think that his BS meter was at an all-time high.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys are right. There we go.
0: All right, John.
2: detective, James Dobson, realized that she was self-incriminating herself Mm. because only the police knew about the sisters that they found at the crime scene.
0: Oh, so she put herself there.
2: Also, the local boy that she named that had been hitting him, he was discovered to have been in Newcastle International Airport on that afternoon. She... So he was not anywhere around.
0: She told on her spell. So. Yep. She didn't check his alibi first. She should have figured that out. Would they say fact check. Yeah.
2: So, yes, this was a smart detective. Because, you know, mostly detectives, you're questioning kids. They're kind of like, ah, oh, they're children.
0: Yeah. They're- you're
2: going to go by what they tell you, you know?
3: Well, not only that, you, you probably won't even, you'll, you'll be a little more dismissive. Like, ah, they're kids. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. But for him to, for him to realize that she said some details that only they knew, and for him to pick up on it. Yeah. I give this detective the reward of smartness.
2: Mm-hmm. He did good. He did good. He don't
3: get the Johnson reward. No, he doesn't. No, Johnson. no, he does not.
2: So, we are in August 4th now, four days after the incident. The parents of Norma have contacted the police and they let them know that their daughter wanted to confess what she knew about the Brian Howe death. Oh, man. So, Detective Dobson, again, the smart one, arrived at their home and he formally cautioned Norma. Then he asked her what she knew. She told him that Mary had taken her to a spot on the tin list seat, and she had shown Brian's body to her. Mary then demonstrated to her how she had strangled him. And according to Norma, Mary had confessed that she had enjoyed strangling him oh. before describing that she had inflicted scour marks to his stomach with a razor blade. Oh. Which had been hidden at the crime scene. And she mentioned the broken scissors. Norma led them to the crime scene and revealed where the razor blade was. And then they had her draw um, a picture of the wounds that she had seen on the boy. And those wounds, how she drew her picture, matched exactly what the coroner described. Wow. So now Mary Bell is going to be visited in her home. She was defensive when they confronted her. And she had discrepancies discrepancies.
1: <laughs>
2: Sorry, my vocabulary is soft today. Discrepancies in her statement. So she tells detectives, and I'm quoting this again, You're trying to brainwash me. I will get a solicitor to get me out of this. Whoa. If you don't know, a solicitor is a lawyer. Uh-huh. But that's what she says. How is this 11-year-old girl? So, right, how she thinks like that.
3: Yeah, like like an adult.
0: Yeah, that's not even some adults over here know that they have rights and can use a lawyer out. Bro, She's over there 11 years old. Yo, I need a I need a lawyer right now. I'm not saying that. Bruh,
3: what? Yeah. I
2: ain't saying no more. Give me my lawyer. I Johnny Coffrey. so creepy for oh, a child to think the way she does.
0: That's That's terrible. That is creepy.
2: So, before I read the statement that um, that Norma made,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to just give you guys a little bit of information. Because they did, um, they questioned her again later that same day. This is Norma? This time, yeah, Norma. Okay. This time she made a full statement. And she admitted being present when Mary had strangled Brian.
3: Oh, so she was there.
2: So, now she changed oh. it and, and admitted to being there wow. when it was being done.
0: Wow. You little devil. So this girl oh. has somewhat of a conscience. I think she was a part of it.
2: I think she was just trying to get out of it. I, th- I think so, too. Okay, I okay. think she was
0: holding her down. I'm trying to give the little Taika benefit of the doubt, but no, I, I don't really like her that much. So No, me neither. Evil. Evil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so according to her, when they were alone, all three of them. Uh, she said that Mary seemed to go off funny. Those were her words. Seemed to go off funny. Pushing the child into the grass and attempting to strangle him before stating to Norma, my hands are getting thick. This was Mary's word supposedly, right? Take over. Mm. So then she says that she ran away from the scene and left Mary there with Brian. Mm. Yeah, so I'm not buying it. So I'm going to give you guys her statement. I'm going to quote her statement, okay? okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she says May because she can't pronounce Mary, okay? She calls her May. So this is her statement. This is only a section that they show. They don't show us our whole, her whole statement. But she says, May then said, the blocks, Norma, ho like hurry. And we went along to the concrete blocks. Then May said to Brian, lift up your neck. Just when she said that, there were some boys playing around and Lassie Brian House dog was barking. She had followed us down. May then said, Get away or I'll set the dog on you. The boys went away. May said to Brian again, Lift up your neck. So that was part of her statement.
3: Whoa. They had a demon
2: in them. For real. But they did a forensic examination of the clothing, of the little boy's clothing. Mm. And what do you guys think they found?
3: <sighs> I'm going to say there was no match. Probably the that fabric was, like, from the grass already.
0: Mm. Well, there's no DNA back then, so... I don't know. I'm stumped. But what they would find on, on maybe maybe some of her blood or so, maybe she cut herself was on blood was on his shirt.
2: Mm, so no, neither one of you got it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Fail. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Over two.
2: <laughs> so the examination revealed that the gray fibers they discovered on his body were a precise match to the woolen dress that Mary was wearing.
3: Oh wow. Oh.
2: And the maroon fibers on the shoes were a match to the skirt that Norma was wearing.
3: Oh. jeez! Also,
2: the same gray fibers were also found on the body of Martin Brown,
3: the first child. They didn't even change clothes.
2: It's like, I guess they didn't have much clothes, so.
0: They're like, they are killing clothes.
2: Yep, so bingo, they connected him. Now they knew who had killed the first boy. Dang. Imagine when the mom found this out. Oh, I'd be super after cool. what these dumb little girls did the day of his funeral.
3: That's what I'm saying. If I'm the mom, I'm I'm devastated. Like I wanna strangle this kid, but I realize it's a kid, you know.
2: That ain't no a
0: regular
2: kid though. Yeah, I, I feel like I would want to strangle them anyway.
0: Yeah, I'd be like, You're I'll 18 wait. in about seven years.
2: Let's do it yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: When you're 18? Okay, I got you.
2: (laughs) If you're that smart and that manipulative, you can handle it. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Wow. So now they're going to charge the girls. Good. So on August 7, 1968, Brian Howe was buried in one of their local cemeteries. And over 200 people attended to his funeral. Mm. Dobson, the detective, had already planned to arrest the girls that day. So Mary Bell was outside the was outside the house, household as a child's coffin was being brought from the home Ugh. at the beginning of the funeral procession. So hmm. she's just standing there watching. Later, the detective had stated she stood there laughing, laughing and rubbing her hands. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got to bring her in. She'll do another one. Yep. What a creepy kid, huh? I'm telling you, she had a demon. She's straight up standing there laughing and rubbing her hands together. Well, for the
0: UK fans, I don't know if you guys watch The Simpsons, but I just got a flashback of you know Montgomery Burns going excellent. <laughs> like that's what it like. That's what yep. I think she's doing. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not making fun of the the situation, but I'm just that's what I picture because that kid's psycho. I mean, just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can
2: definitely... Like, okay. So, at 8 p.m. that day, both girls were formally charged with murder. Good. Good. Mary yeah. replied, that's all right by me. Oh. That was her response. Damn. Norma burst into tears and proclaimed, I never. I'll pay you back for this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Wow.
2: That's the... What?
0: Was she supposed to pay Are them back in break Yeah, or I'm
2: shocked. Yeah, I, I'm... I couldn't believe it when I read this part. I was just like, "Wow," just no, no feelings, no reactions of any kind. Just that's all right by me. Whatever.
3: Not, but you know what? It, that's the one that was going through it with the mom, right? That was normal. Yes, or Mary. No, that
2: was
3: Mary. And I, like I say, I'm not condoning what she did but she suffered, she had trauma,
0: so the
1: detachment the
0: detachment, yeah well then, you know, by being in a dominatrix type like style that her mom was and being used in bed like that, the things she saw and had to go through probably screwed her mind up even worse than it probably was anyway and Mm -hmm. it's like she was inflicted pain, so she likes pain she was most Mm. likely molested in several different ways So she just does, she has no F's right now and she has no filter.
3: None whatsoever. Yep. So, like I said, I'm not excusing her. I'm not giving her a pass. All I'm saying is I can kind of understand, I can see how she turned out to be like this.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it has to affect your brain somehow.
0: Mm -hmm. This kid needs to be locked up and put away for good.
2: I agree. So, once she was present with an independent witness, she prepared her statement, her written statement. And she did admit to being present when Brian Howe was murdered, but she was pointing the finger at Norma. Mm. She also admitted that her and Norma had broken into the Woodland Crescent Nursery the day after the murder of Martin Brown. Wow. So, she admitted to that, you know, the in-between what happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And she admitted to the written notes. Well, I mean, well, I it, mean
0: was it was obvious at this point, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. So these both, both girls were put through um, psychological evaluations. I would think so. They underwent the evaluations. And the results of the test showed that Norma was intellectually delayed. Okay. But that she had a submissive character. Yep. And she easily displayed emotion. Whereas Mary, on the other hand, was very bright but cunning, mm-hmm. and she was prone to sudden mood swings.
0: So she, so Mary was the leader, mm-hmm. and the other one was a follower. The follower, yeah. yep.
2: Occasionally, they say um, Mary was willing to talk, but rapidly she became sullen, introspective, and defensive. So she would change her mood and her her like her personality really quick. You know who she reminded me of? I don't know if you guys
3: remember, but there was a Dateline uh, episode of this girl, and she would abuse her little brother, and she was like a demon or we something. Were like, yeah, we were watching yeah. it. I forgot. You know what I'm talking about, Todd? No. She,
1: uh, she was a four-year-old.
3: Yeah. She was like a four-year-old girl, and she was she, <laughs> she was the devil. She would abuse her little brother she would masturbate herself like she she was all over the place she kind of
2: Mary reminds me of that little girl you know I did think about her when I was reading this Mm -hmm. I thought about that story because um, not to sidetrack but that's an interesting story Todd if you haven't seen it I'm gonna send it to you
0: yeah yeah send it to me I'd like to check it out
2: it's it's disturbing because she's so little and it's sad and if you look at the child she scares you Mm mm-hmm but it's so sad because she became that way for all of the abuse.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But unfortunately, in her case, she ended up becoming the abuser with her brother.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
2: So, but you have to see it. Yeah. yeah this definitely reminded yeah, me of her. Right.
3: Yeah. Sorry about that.
2: So, sorry, where was I? They they got their evaluations right. Mm-hmm. So, the four psychiatrists that evaluated the girls. um, mainly Mary, concluded that although she wasn't suffering from a mental disorder, she had a psychopathic personality disorder. Mm. And they made a full report on this, and this is what they said. I quote this too. Mary's social techniques are primitive and take the form of automatic denial, ingratiation, manipulation, complaining, bullying, flight, or violence. Wow. So these were the notes they made on her. Yeah. So it's at the trial. Um, it began in Newcastle on December 5th, 1968. So we're at the end of the year now. Both girls were tried and both pleaded not guilty to the charges. What? So they both had lawyers against the protest from the defense counsel on the first day of the trial the judge waived the defendant's right to anonymity? Is that how you pronounce it?
0: The anonymity? Like, uh, to be
2: anonymous.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. To keep their um their uh, names from being out there.
2: Yeah, yeah, like their photos and stuff because mm-hmm. of their age, but he waived that. So, the media was allowed to publicize the names, ages, and pictures of both of the girls. Mm. So... They finally started the um, the trial, and the prosecution opened at 11.30 a.m. Their opening statement lasted six hours, and they informed the jury that they had an unhappy and distressing test due to the nature of the murders and because of the age of the girls. Wow. So he outlined to the prosecution, no, he outlined the prosecution's intention to illustrate the similarities between both of the murders, both boys, that obviously they matched, you know, it was the same perpetrator or perpetrators. Mm-hmm. And he also outlined the circumstances surrounding both deaths as evidence indicating that they were guilty. Wow. So they just, dis- they, the way they concluded was that Mary was the more dominant of both of them. Yeah. He contended that both girls were acting in unison and were equally guilty, killing both children solely for the pleasure and excitement of murder. And he added, both girls well knew what they did was wrong and what the results would be. Mm. Then they moved on to the defendant's testimony. Are you guys cool with me mentioning like everything about the trial?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Yeah, go for it. I want to know what happened.
2: So... On the fifth day of the trial, Norma testified in her own defense. She denied being at fault about anything in the actual murder of either child, but she admitted under cross-examination that she knew Mary's penchant for violence and her history of attacking children, and that they both discussed attacking and killing small children of both genders.
3: Also, it was just targeting just boys.
2: No they have already discussed killing kids
0: so she's basically saying I'm innocent I didn't do nothing but we discussed it I liked it a lot (laughs) and we agreed upon it being a great idea
2: right but Ah. she's not guilty But she's She's not guilty guilty. so she was questioned by um, the prosecutor as to whether Mary had demonstrated to her how the children could be killed and Norma nodded she said yes That Mary had had begun to attack and strangle Brian Howe, and she had failed to alert the group of boys playing in the vicinity. Stating she had failed to do so, as this is what she says, I did not know what was going to happen in the first place. She had stopped hurting him for a bit when the boys were near the concrete blocks. Mm -hmm. But she says, as far as her role, that she had never touched the child. Bull. So apparently she just stood there and watched. Bull. Don't believe it. Now I'm buying it. So concluding her testimony on December 12th, now Mary testified in her own defense. Her testimony lasted for almost four hours. Damn. So she began crying in a policeman, a policewoman's arms. She denied the accusations that Norma had made against her. And she insisted that she had only observed the body of Martin Brown on the road. That she herself had never harmed him. And that she and Norma had later asked the boy's mother to view his body because they were daring each other to not be a chicken. Wow. Mary also conceded that she had divulged to others the knowledge of Martin's death could get Norma put straight away. Hmm. So she had already told other kids that normal would go to jail for it
1: hmm. wow <laughs> okay
3: what are you thinking I just when it's time to pay the piper you know now it's like oh they're showing the innocence in a sense but when it's crime time they they, they bowl you know but it is what it is freaking kids yeah just
2: they're just pointing the finger at each other
0: that's all they
2: so, Yeah. In regards to the Brian Howe death, Mary said that Norma was the one who had strangled him. And she was just standing and looking. She couldn't move. She described it as if there was some glue pulling her down. Damn. Then, according to Mary, Norma had encouraged Brian to lie down if he wanted sweets. And he kept telling him, you've got to lie down for the lady to come with the sweets. Hmm before she proceeded to strangle him with her bare hands, and she supposedly Mary tried unsuccessfully to prevent the attack. Yeah, right. Mary then stated that she could determine the level of force Norma had exhibited because apparently her fingertips and nails were going white.
1: <gasps>
2: and then again, she conceded that she failed to inform the authorities because she was scared, and she had a misguided sense of loyalty. Hmm. Not buying it. Not one bit. So now Norma's mother is going to testify. Oh. Norma's mother, Catherine, testified that several months prior to the Brian Howe murder, she and her husband had discovered Mary attempting to strangle Norma's younger sister, Susan. Oh. And that she released the grip on their daughter's throat only because her husband had punched Mary in the shoulder.
0: Oh. oh I believe so picture- they- I picture the mom on the stand like, Yeah, the little wanker tried to strangle my little daughter. My husband had to hit her with a beach ball. Why she gotta be a wanker? Speaking wanker. I think that's another term, I guess. That's the only term on <laughs> Yeah.
2: Oh wow. <laughs> so so he had punched her and supposedly that's Well, not supposedly. This is what the parents are saying, okay? This is what they actually saw. So the child psychiatrist testified that Norma's mental age was of eight years old. Oh, wow. So she was 13, but her mental age was eight.
0: Oh, she's articulate for an eight-year-old who's 13.
2: Right. But her capacity of knowing right from wrong was limited she was capable of appreciating the criminality of her acts that she had been committing or was accused of committing. Hmm. So they still, you know, they made it clear that although she was delayed, she knew. She knew. She Yeah, delayed. she understood. She, she could understand the level of the criminal acts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's trying to play dumb.
2: <sighs> okay, so in the closing arguments... Um, the counsel emphasized that both girls were on trial together, that no real evidence existed against his client, which was Norma. Mm-hmm. And the only evidence against Norma was Mary's accusations against her. So they implored the jurors to suppress the feelings of outrage outrage and malice and to like get rid of any idea that both of them had to pay for the actions of one of them. Mm. So they argued that it was All Mary. I'm not buying it, but we'll see what happens. So Harvey Robson delivered his closing argument on Mary now. He said that the broken background and dysfunctional family that she had, the blur between fantasy and reality in her mind, that's what it was causing. Robson referenced the testimony of Dr. David Westbury, who testified on behalf of the defense... He had interviewed Mary on several occasions prior to the trial, and he had formed a definite view that the child suffered from a serious personality disorder, which he classified as retarded development of her mind. And this had been caused by both genetic and environmental factors. So he said that this abnormality had impaired Mary's actual responsibility for her acts.
3: So she was slow.
2: Like out of it, like. Genetically, she was low, but all the environmental factors of the abuse,
1: yeah.
3: like,
2: all of that played a part. Yeah. So she she wasn't really responsible for yeah. the things that she was doing.
3: Like I said, I'm not excusing her, but I can understand why she would go down this road.
2: Yeah. Like, I agree with him that all of that had to play a part, of course. But I don't think she... I really don't believe that she didn't really... Know, come on now, what her actions were causing. that she couldn't control. That you know,
0: you still have to commit the crime, and if you're smart enough to commit the crime, do it again. And more along the lines of, if you're covering it up, yeah, you know what you're doing. You know yeah, exactly. Doing. I
3: totally agree with you on that
2: one. Yeah, and if anybody paid attention to their whole plan of killing more children, I mean, come on. Yeah, two girls conspiring to do this at that age. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I have met children that are slow or children that are a certain age, but their mental capacity is of a younger age. And you don't see them thinking about murder or even if they're curious and do it once, you know, like I would feel like they would have an emotional reaction.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Kids like like that are just trying to color inside the lines, be a normal child and play outside. They're not trying to (laughs) conspire to take out a whole Apartment complex full of kids, yeah. you know, in different ways.
3: The only difference is she was abused by yeah. grown men. And, yeah, that's the you know, Yeah, so who knows what trauma she suffered and was going through her head? So that's the only difference, I'll say. Because I had a brother who was special needs, and he had a, a capacity of a young child when, and he didn't do anything like this, but he did suffer abuse physical from my dad but it wasn't like like to the point where it was traumatizing to her nature i you know i don't know what she went through i saw part of my brother what he went through but yeah he still didn't do stuff like that
0: he didn't act out
1: yeah so yeah
2: yeah, it's kind of it's it's confusing. You kind of don't know which way to lean. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you well, see this kid as the
3: feel, devil, or you feel yeah, bad for the kid. I feel you know? bad for, her, but it's like I don't excuse it. You know what she was doing, like you said, Todd. If you cover up your acts, you know what you're
2: doing. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I would say, uh, yeah, she's definitely a bad apple, man. No matter what, past or not, she 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 can't be slapped on the wrist. I hope it's not one of these slapped on the wrist things. Yeah.
2: So her um, defense attorney was now talking about the notes that they had left at that nursery. And he said that the notes only proved that this was a childish fantasy. And in Mary's case, they were written to attract attention to herself. Mm. So he didn't believe that she was guilty. Wow. And the closing argument, um, Lyons described the case as a macabre and grotesque one. Which he described that the most domineering of both of them was the youngest, Mary. Despite her being younger, she was very compelling influence mm. over Norma. Mm-hmm. And he said that Norma was subnormal intelligence. So he stated, I forecast to you that the younger girl, although two years and two months younger than the other, was nevertheless the cleverer and more dominating personality. Yep. And then he outlined all the lies that Mary had told the police and the court and remarked that Mary had a lack of remorse and she had a higher degree of cunning. Mm. So now the conviction. The trial lasted nine days. Oh, wow. On December 17th. Our kid's birthday. Mm-hmm. There's always a birthday related, huh?
0: <laughs> there is. There is. <laughs>
2: December seventeenth, the jury retired to consider the verdict, and they only took three hours and 25 minutes to reach it.
0: That's a good sign. That is.
2: What do you guys think the conclusion of the verdict was?
3: Uh, I'm going to guess. I'm
2: going to say
3: uh, Norma got off on like probably house arrest. I don't think she served jail time. I think they said that she didn't do it but i'm gonna say mary got like a couple of years in probation or a year in jail juvenile
0: juvenile
2: <laughs> sorry what about you
0: Todd i say juvie for 3 years for um what's her name the the oldest mary no oh, norma. norma norma yeah for norma and i say juvie for mary till she's 18 they reevaluate her and magically let her go.
2: Okay, well, Mary was cleared of murder, oh. but convicted of manslaughter of both boys
0: Okay. That's on fair.
2: the grounds of diminished responsibility.
0: Oh, uh, geez. Wow.
2: Norma was acquitted of all charges. I knew they were going to let her go. I knew it. <sighs> But listen, this is the reactions. I mean, the reactions got to make you think something. Norma started clapping her hands in excitement. (laughs) Jeez. But Mary burst into tears. And her mother and grandmother are also weeping. Wow, okay. So you got these two personalities. And when they're questioning, you know, their statements, their defense, everything. Mary is the emotional one. The one who is not remorseful. Yeah normal the one that was crying saying she was only there watching she didn't do anything is so happy and excited that she starts clapping her hands yeah I mean this is me I don't know about you guys but if I see this child start clapping and she's all excited I would think you are guilty you little booger head yeah what are you so excited about yeah like this is not a joke two kids were murdered
0: so so Mary Mary's mom and grandma were there Yes. And they were both weeping?
2: They were both weeping at the trial.
0: And gnashing their teeth. Was her mom dressed in leather with a leather mask and a whip?
2: <laughs>
0: like with spikes around her neck, like weeping? Why you do that, Nick?
1: No, Todd. <laughs> is, no, that's feet. what I'm
0: picturing right now. The grandma has like an older leather, like it's been around a while, you know? She's, oh,
1: my God.
0: <laughs> she's, she's, a veteran, she's a veteran dominatrix. <laughs> they brought their gift with them. Yeah, exactly. They're all, come on, Mr. Slave. We need to leave this courtroom.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. So oh.
2: after they passed the sentence,
1: <laughs> oh,
2: wow. Wow. Um, the judge described Mary as a dangerous individual, adding that she posed a very grave risk to other children, and they have to take steps to protect the public from her.
3: Well, yeah. why they didn't they arrest both?
2: so she was sentenced to be detained if you guys don't know what this means I'll explain it to you at her majesty's pleasure effectively an indefinite sentence of imprisonment
0: the queen makes the decision
2: her majesty's pleasure was a term used when yeah when the queen would decide what was going to happen or for how long their term was going to be so this was pretty much suggesting that it was undetermined oh it was an indefinite sentence, but she could be released at some point, depending.
0: So all the queen So it's kinda like
2: him. life with the possibility of parole.
0: So basically wow. it's up to the Queen to to pardon her.
2: Not in no not in this case. It wasn't like legit the queen because oh. it was it was nowadays, you know?
0: Oh it was a saying. But
2: that's just what it was called. That was the conviction, Her Majesty's pleasure.
0: Wow. So they did throw wow. that at her. Alright.
2: So they did imprison her. Wow. As a kid, that's crazy, huh? That
0: well, is I know crazy. they put her
3: with the, the dopes.
2: Well, let me get into the last part of this. Because I know this has taken a lot of time. But um, she goes through a lot again. Mm. So she was detained originally in Durham Remand Home. Before that, I mean, before being transferred to South Norwood. Then she was transferred again to Red Bank's secure unit. And this was a young offender's institution in early 1969. She was the only female among approximately 24 inmates.
0: Whoa. This is not going to end well.
2: No. So she claims that she had been sexually abused by a member of the staff and several inmates while she was incarcerated at that facility. I believe it. And it began when she was only 13 years old.
3: I believe it. I do too. Come on now. November
2: 1973, once she was 16, she was transferred out of there and put into H.M. prison style in Cheshire. 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 And she resented that transfer, apparently. And she applied for parole. But that was unsuccessful. They denied it.
3: So she's mixed in with... Men? men.
2: All men. Shit. The only female.
3: I mean, dang.
2: Yeah, that, that I, I gotta admit, that was screwed up. You knew they was gonna take her apart, man. In June 1976, she was transferred to Moore Court, which was an open prison, and she started secretary job, a course in secretarial work. 15 months later, 1977, September, she made national headlines when she and another inmate Annette Priest escaped from the prison together. Oh. So she ends up escaping and they spent several days in the company of two young men, Blackpool, in Blackpool. Oh. (laughs) They were visiting amusements and sleeping in various hotels where Belle was using the name Mary Robinson. Then they parted company. She was arrested at the Derbyshire home of one of the men on September 13th. At this point, she had changed her hair and everything because she was trying to cover up who she was. Mm-hmm. She was returned to custody that evening, and then Priest was arrested in Leeds days later. So her penalty for escaping was a loss of prison privileges for 28 days. <laughs> oh wow, that's that's kind of dumb, right? I uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I thought uh, I thought we did things a little different and a little weird <laughs> over here, but uh, across the pond, they're like, uh, "Hold my L." <laughs> yeah, man. It all started with mixing them
3: in with the. the she's the only female with all men. That yeah. is a recipe for disaster. And then she escapes from prison, and they just
0: say, "Well,
3: we'll just revoke your privileges for a few days."
0: Hey, you can't watch none of them soaps on BBC, okay? For like twenty-eight days, you don't,
2: you don't climb My them. Goodness. Offenses. So, what do you guys think happened after that?
3: I'm gonna say she ended up getting murdered.
0: I'm gonna say the opposite. I think she's gonna kill somebody.
2: Well, you're both wrong. Oh man. Oh, dude. In June
0: 1979,
2: they announced to transfer her to. HM um, prison as Cam Grange, which was an open category prison. They were preparing her to be released. Oh, wow. So beginning November 1979, she worked as a secretary, then as a waitress, of course, under supervision and guidelines, preparing her for eventual release. She was released from prison May 1980 at the age of 23. That's for you, not So she served almost 11 and a half years.
0: For two murders.
2: For two murders. And I'm sure, come on, you got to pin the attempted murder of the little boy that she threw up the roof first, right? Yeah. None of that was ever brought up. Jeez. So, oh, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, this is insane.
2: Yeah, it is. So at this point, she goes through court and they grant her to be anonymous. Wow. It was supposed to be temporary, but then she had a daughter, and then people knew where she was, and she wanted her daughter to be protected. So they granted them permanent anonymity.
0: So her arrest record publicly is not available? No. That's weak.
2: Very. So they are not known where they live, and the anonymity spread out all the way to her grandchildren. <laughs> so hmm. nobody knows anything any longer about her where she lives, what she's doing, her kids, her grandkids nothing
0: well that's comforting to know if you're in the UK uh, a, a demon child like that has spawned yeah,
2: that's comforting yeah. yeah They they, when they released her they they said pretty much she wishes to be given a chance to have a, lo- at a normal life and to be left alone I don't so that's know why they that. granted that I don't know about
1: that I'm How sorry. do you feel about
3: that? I'm sorry. If you... You're a murderer. And you clearly have mental issues. And you're left alone when nobody knows where you are. To me, you're... You are you can do anything. You can, you can snap and sneak up on somebody and they don't even know what's going on. At least warn
0: people. You know? For the most uh, part, she's uh, assuming another identity.
3: Yeah, but... Just because she changed her identity doesn't mean she changed who she is deep inside. Like, And then she bore kids. I don't know if that stuff is hereditary, but if it is, good Lord.
1: Yeah.
2: guys know something interesting about her saying that she had been sexually abused in the jail, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a note that her claims of being sexually abused would be contradicted by a man whom she later slept with, having absconded from an open prison in 1977 at age 20. So when she escaped, I guess she had confessed that it wasn't true to the guy she was with. Mm. This individual claimed that she surrendered her virginity to him in her few days of freedom prior to apprehension, exclaiming that she wanted a baby and she would no longer be alone.
1: Yeah,
3: someday right there someday. She don't need to have a baby
2: Well, she had a daughter And she had grandkids yeah.
0: She did.
3: I mean, look Maybe she tanks, I don't know But I wouldn't risk it
0: Yeah, she's like, my kids survived I mean, they did the same thing I did I threw them outside the window They survived the one story fall uh, I drop them every now and then I put my cigarette out in their forehead uh, Yeah, I'm a good mom You're wrong <laughs> <laughs> I have a few wankers running around the backyard Wankers <laughs> What the wankers <laughs> Wanka one, wanka Oh my
3: good! Oh wow, that's a picture of her She looks like a creepy doll, huh? She does look like a creepy doll
0: You know what? Ooh. Since you guys are looking, what's the last name? Mary, Mary
2: Flora Bell Mary Flora Bell
3: she looks like one of those dolls that you'll see if you oh, look in, the- God. Dude,
0: that in is- a pitch dark-, <laughs> dark room, and you look up, there's a doll. That's her. Ew. She looks like a white Michael Jackson with a bowl haircut, like with a Beatles haircut. She does.
2: Like, I don't want to be mean, but if a child is participating or acting in sadistic behavior... And she has that much rage and and this, like, psychotic personality.
0: Oh, she looks oh, terrible. Where?
2: I mean, in whose mind? Like, who thought about, oh, she needs a normal life. Let's, after a certain amount of time, let's release her. Like, I don't want to be mean to her because it's sad what she went through. It is jacked up. And her mother was crap. I don't know what she was even doing at that trial. Crying? I'm telling you. (laughs) But I'm sorry. You can't have people with these issues amongst other people.
3: Well, they say she's anonymous. She's probably in a witness protection program. She is. Dude. But I'm
2: saying people that exert that kind of attitude and those actions I mean, is there really anything that's going to help you not do that?
3: Being away from society.
2: When you don't have remorse, when you laugh about what you do, and you plan to continue doing it, I mean, why? Yeah. You yeah. can't live a normal life because you already didn't live a normal life. And I'm not saying people who have gone through trauma don't deserve a normal life. Everybody does. mm mm-hmm.
0: But not when you're acting that way. It's just the the way the pictures I'm looking at the progression of her. Like when she's younger, I'm picturing her like laughing at that kid's aunt. You know, yeah. She looks freaky, and then as she's getting older, she kind of has that like tomboyish look. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's. I would have wanted to lock the, lock her up and throw away the key. To be honest, I agree. I would have too. Those poor little kids. They showed pictures of two kids. Damn. Yeah. She,
2: she has that dead stare.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. She. Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: She wrote a book, by the way.
3: Oh. How could she write a book? If I don't know.
2: I mean, look, there's pictures of her now that she's older. You just don't know where she lives. But look at that. Look at man. that, man. Nah. She wrote a book about her story about the abuse she went through. And I feel
3: sorry for what she did go through. I'm, I'm you know, I do. I just feel like what she did was not excusable. Yeah. So.
0: She looks like an old wanker now. Ooh. Come on, Todd. <laughs> Now she earns a wanker now. She looks like a she wanker. wanker. Yeah. Crusty old wanker. crusty old wanker.
3: I know the picture of the boys he killed.
0: And there's a picture of the letters she wrote. Yeah, you can't yeah. take that too seriously, but still that would be taken seriously over here by, well, 70% of the cops over here.
1: Yeah.
3: I wonder how the people of the UK feel. I mean clearly this happened in 60, but I wonder how they feel about it now. I no, like some of our audience who chime in every day from UK. I wonder
0: how they feel. Mm. Yeah, well, that sucks. That's a terrible story, dude. That is a terrible story.
1: Yeah. So
0: that's it? Yeah, that's it.
3: That is the story of Miss Mary Bell. So we're gonna conclude it there. Thank you, Gabby Gab, for that. You're in a
2: minute.
3: Now it's my turn, huh? Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the storyteller. I'm the narrator.
2: <laughs> You're gonna get a story.
0: Maybe. At some point. <laughs> at some point. <laughs>
3: are you
2: too busy with Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> you gotta take care of your dog?
0: Yeah. There you go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well that is it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying on with us and listening in. Uh, We're going to come to the conclusion. But before we do, just want to sign off and let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Type in Grinding True Crimes. Follow our page. Leave a comment. We'll comment back to you. If you want to continue to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those faithful listeners outside of the country, thank you for listening to us. Continue to listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public Breaker, and Pocket Cash. Go to RedBubble.com, type in ToddFox80 to buy merchandise courtesy of Grinding to Crime. And uh, last but not least, just a reminder, this Sunday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Tell them, Todd, what are we going to do?
0: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! We're going to be live doing uh, uh, Armchair uh, Crime Show Um, you guys can chime in with your thoughts as we try to, uh, give our theories and hopefully solve a case, even though I know we're not, but it's fun to talk (laughs) about it. Uh, because these are two cases that are very frustrating and that have been in the news for some time without a result. And, uh, so we will get into that. We we will uh, have our takes and you can give yours. All you gotta do is go to podbean.com, subscribe, and you'll get the notification when we go live.
3: Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. So that is it. So for uh, your your host for today, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today.
2: Gabby Gab.
0: And the other host of the show. Todd Fox. We are signing off.
2: Toodles.
0: Peace. Y'all wankers, come back now, you hear? <laughs>